Yeah, it's only yeah. better. That's that's better. what Nicole says. <laughs> yeah. Does it work? <laughs> oh, it boy. do. It do. <laughs> it do. Could it do. be. <laughs> now we're live. You you were you were definitely right. Well, I had a lot of people who said you converted the lines for Mist, so they were very excited like that, and they all poked me. Why didn't you guys use the music? I'm like, ah, oh, that's a thing. Yeah, and, yeah. Couldn't cross the streams. Because what do you call it? I once I put that trailer together, I uh, or that that bumper together, I sent it to a friend of mine, and I said, I said, hey, just make sure I'm not violating any community standards with this. Um, and he was like, "All right, yeah, well, I'll check it out." He, and right before I sent you that message, he called me, and he's like, "He's like, hey, Twitch just did a massive update on their music rules. Um, you can't use that twist. You can't use that missed music." I'm like, okay. "Yeah, really?" Well, they, they definitely yeah. called me on it, which was funny. So it was good. It was good. Yeah. No, it was good. It was good today. You did a good job. Oh my goodness. You took it to another level, buddy. You brought in an actor. That was incredible. You changed us into creatures. I, I have to say I'm very envious <laughs> at how good this adventure was. Well, I'm glad you guys had fun. I'm going to have to work twice as hard now. It was it, it was pretty funny. And, and I got to tell you, um, uh, it, it's going to be uh, <laughs> Captain Kilgosha joins the stream and says, how's the chaos? Uh, yeah, really. I don't know. We gotta have. We gotta. Uh, we gotta talk to our black Irish friend for that one. <laughs> I don't know why I thought, uh, Michael, that you spoke German. I, I, that was in my head, and so uh, when I talked to Eric, I said, "All right, why don't we make this a little weird for the party, and let's just address this in German." I know that there's three or four people in the group who speak it, so you can do everything. We have. We have four standard languages that the guild members use, Japanese, German, stuff like that. And those folks who do it, they can rattle their spells off in the language. They can Let's do, do ru ru Russian, Arabic, Hebrew, or Spanish, or English. I, I only speak bathroom German. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, and that would have worked fine. <laughs> but that's totally okay. It, it was better that it, we were trying to figure out would Vault have to have done captions? Ultimately, we were just going to have someone cast tongues so that everyone could hear. But it's good that he just switched over. Yeah. And he did it quickly, too. Oh, just, it was yeah. great. It was just great. I got to tell you, though, it was like it was like being in one of those uh, one of those uh, local haunted houses where you just have a yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Where you just have a guy standing there not saying anything. And you're, mm -hmm. you're just like, all right, what's creepy dude's thing? And then all of a sudden he starts <laughs> talking. And you're like, oh, it's the monk. Oh, my God. This is it. Yeah, well, and, and and I appreciate your patience for having to wait an extra week. That wasn't obviously my intention. Um, no, I no, it was, it was access to it that. Was, I didn't want to slow down the event because it, it could have been. So uh, I, we were we were very curious to know if you were going to uh, uh, choose uh, the uh, mastery of Crimson Hawk orders historical knowledge. That part of the test would have been a nightmare <laughs> if you were going to choose that. I was like, no, <laughs> I have no chance on that one. I'm like, okay. Yeah, that's good. So he had some funny questions to ask you if you had. So that would be right. good. Um, what, what, do you have any samples of one, one of them? Uh, sure. Uh, the first one would be, what is the sound of one hand clapping? <laughs> uh, oh, philosophical is, questions. What is the color of thunder? Ooh. So, Red. Yeah, so he had a whole list he had made. Uh, to ask. Now, now, are there official right answers? Correct. There are right. correct answers to both of those. There yeah. are Buddhist interpretations, there are Chinese interpretations, but there are specific ones from game mechanics um, 
that are, are borrowed heavily from uh, two very interesting books. If you ever read short stories by Zelazny or if you ever looked at some very old um, uh, H.P. Lovecraft stuff, they both address those questions kind of adroitly. The Trump, uh, I, I, thing that most people seem to ask me about was uh, the character on the Trump. That was actually my son's very first character. That's why I took the name Dr. Phoenix because it was his very first character's name. And so uh, I modeled my uh, wizard after his as sort of a goof. So he was gonna come in and do this, but he just had to be out tonight. So uh, I didn't have any way to pull off. I should have pre-recorded what would have happened on the Trump, but there were just too many variables. Right. But it would have been kind of fun because he was an old gamer a long time ago. So is this more the style of your world multi, what, how yeah. that guy played it? Yes. So, so yeah. give us like, I mean, just give us a rough sketch of, uh, for people who are kind of, you know, they know that you run the longest running D&D campaign in history and that you have, oh, you know, it's a private, you know, it has all these things, it's private membership and, you know, it's very, but your players are, are much more involved than just casually. Can you give us give the audience a rough sketch of that, of what goes on? Uh, yeah, well, the, uh, the Guilds of War, uh, which is the Women Association of Role-Playing, we were founded in 76. Uh, there are eight different guilds. There are about 300 members. And um, uh, we run nine primary different campaigns. And these are uh, campaigns all in the same world uh, across multiple times. So. That picture that I had displayed was one from the inside of my manual of the planes. And it was an image from the road of time. And it's, it's where different ages play. So Jim plays in one of the campaigns, he plays in the Barrier Peaks tournament. That's sort of what the crew was known for in convention circles. And uh, we usually run anywhere from four to 12 players per session. I run about five sessions a week and these folks adventure in our world, which is multi basically comes from Moorcock's idea. And it was that there are multiple spheres in the universe controlled by uh, law, chaos, and neutrality. And uh, over time, the long picture compacted to a small number of uh, worlds, spheres as they're called in our world. And people adventure around them trying to understand the history and what's out there. So I decided to throw in some Multane history to this. I didn't throw in a lot of our vocabulary, which is a little more complex. Uh, we use different words for uh, people. Elves have a different word. Dwarves have a different word. Uh, humans have a different word. And so people get used to that. Our spellcasters all uh, invent their own spells like I do. They have to say their spells in whatever made-up language they do. Um, our Clerics all sing and chant, so they write out all these details. All our characters who are spellcasters use spell cards, so they have to have the card with the specific spell they're going to use in hand presented before initiative. So we have, we have a lot of complex things, but it tends to make for a pretty strong story. And because I've got timing down, we move. That's, I, didn't, I was very interested to see if you guys got either bored or uh, yeah. I was taking too much time because you moved very quickly looking around and stuff. You left a lot of things out, which was interesting. I, I like knowing what you chose uh, that was important to you and what stuff you ignored. Uh, now, you what, 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 
tweaked a lot of things. Well, well, one thing I did notice uh, that was just the stylistic difference was that that I that I actually thought was quite uh, enjoyable was <clears throat> I don't think there was any dead air. I mean, you know, you 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 know, the the pace was quick. I mean, there there wasn't any humming and hawing. It was like okay, next and next and next and next. So so we. Yeah, I, I thought the pacing was really nice. So, well, I appreciate that. Um, I stopwatch everything, so um, I'll share my screen for a second just so people can see what the actual. I created the actual entire event, uh, but every segment is uh, timed, so I can determine. Uh, and of course, you guys never went down; you only went up, so no one ever found the fourth level, but. Uh, I had created all those. Uh, the fourth level had two people on standby who sat there the whole time waiting to see if they were going to oh. get cued. Oh, the poor dudes. No, no. So that's, we, when we use people who have uh, action, it's just in case. Because one of the things that Walt and I talked about a long time ago was railroading. It's really, it's really a tough thing. Uh, when you get dragged in a certain direction. And I, I like making sure I plan for lots of contingencies. And, and that's why I was very interested to see how you guys wanted to go. You really made your own decisions. And I thought the pace was good. And there was also some small level of dread, which I appreciated. Um, because the first level, you know, hey, you were just getting all this free stuff. That's all good. Hey, uh, JR made a brilliant move. You found Bagheera. You got your hands on the cat. Uh, Errol was really excited about getting that back. He wanted that figurine uh, and nothing happened until Lance got hauled up to the third level and given a woman. So you guys did very well. Oh my God. Giants. So how do you pyrohydras, umber hulks? I couldn't believe all the, if you, if I would have thrown those creatures at your group, they would have been screaming bloody murder. How unfair it was. Oh my Speaking of screaming bloody murder, how do you plan for a murder hobo player like uh, James M. Ward, the legendary game designer? So my rule of thumb is I take the total number of levels of the party and I use that as the basic number of hit dice that I work around. Then I choose what kind of things will uh, make for a, a strong balanced encounter. The Doom Seekers are excellent at destroying things in about two rounds. Two to three rounds is our standard fight. So what I wanted to look at was how do I make sure I'm adding things into the fight so it doesn't end quickly? And two, I wanted something that wasn't usual that you hadn't seen. So I love John Carter as a kid. I love the John Carter series. And the apt as a creature was a horrible description. It's never left my mind, even as a little kid. You know, I was, I think, eight when I read John Carter. And the apt as a, as a work beast is perfect. You know, here's something that comes in with a natural 19 strength, has six arms. They all work very independently. It's a rage, non-reasonable creature at all. And uh, if it can get three of those hooked into you, it will bite as well. And so I really appreciated, Nick, that you poisoned one. That was a great move because they have no immunity to poison. It was perfect. Yeah, it was good. So, yeah. And, and then they were smart enough and pissed enough to uh, rip open doors and let other things out. <laughs> Allowed you to stage stage and lengthen the battle, basically. Uh, yeah. Another thing, too, is that uh, uh, from the chat, Knight of Barsoom, 
uh, he was over the moon that you were using those because he's <laughs> obviously he is a, he is a fan of the John Carter stuff, and he was there. We go. He had a running commentary about about how you were using them, so it was it was really cool to have that kind of fan interaction. I'll have, to, I'll have to put Tharks in the next adventure then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. We'll, we'll make him really happy. And creatures that can do sort of uh, uh, very conventional combat, but but still are a mess. And Arrow, I thought, did really well in that he had a good immobilization spell that slowed the number down so I couldn't continue to butcher you guys with 12 thrown spears. Just total chaos. So it yeah. was good. You guys... You guys reacted smart, and you got a chance to use the dragon bow. I was very excited to see that thing whipped out finally. You That's won the I, combat. I, I, I wasn't sure whether or not a Hydra qualified. I was like, I, 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 my decision was made as soon as I realized it was. So, so and that's that's the issue. Draconics, there's probably around six or seven hybrid creatures that are going to be a 50-50 either way. Uh, the Chimera mm-hmm. was a great one. Would that have worked? I would argue yes, because yeah. it has qualities, at least that head, while it was living. Uh, a hydra does you know there's a bunch of wyvern those are all creatures that are right on the edge of the spectrum there's right. some weird gross uh marrying of the two so that was and, and jr saved our butts when he slammed the door really? on the number oh, hog oh my, oh my goodness it was he so good totally stunned me and and that uh the umber hulk fried uh you know one of the enemies which was great you know he put him on a commission for but it so could fry all of us it was it was a good combat you guys you guys uh the Doomseekers react well uh, under stress quickly. They organize, they come and figure things out, and uh, it worked well. It was a tough fight. Uh, and, and when you went up to the top level, you didn't mess with the two things I thought were going to cause complete destruction. And so that was very smart of you. The uh, little bird and the pentagram? You thought we were going to do something with it? Well, well I, I, there, assumed, I assumed someone was going to wreck the pentagram, and that would have been a total party kill. There would have been nothing I could do to stop that thing from just destroying you. So, so, and I so, thought Nick was going to goad you into like just burning it all down. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want, I was, I loved his, I was so excited that he was going to goad you into eating the dragon heart. I was, I had both of the original tables, wanted to see someone that was going to be unbelievable. If that, I was very excited. Was never going to happen. You were pushing him hard. That was a brilliant move. <laughs> I almost did it myself just because Nick was pissing me off. <laughs> really? <laughs> I was I'm just, just offer. I'm just offering choices. Uh-huh, yeah, right. I was sad through the whole adventure that we weren't able. To, we're not going to be able to keep any of the stuff that we grabbed. Well, <laughs> half the stuff you got, I think, was great. You got some awesome stuff. Yeah, we got to um, give it all back to Wordna, don't we? No. He was making it for the team. Yeah, it right. back. I didn't see anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm hoping those were draw cloaks, by the way, so they go away in a couple <laughs> adventures. No, they're they're actually uh, the shadow dragon stuff. Great. I, I built out the shadow dragon stuff, and I, I have the stats for you too. So they're they're interesting. Uh, some cool abilities. Yeah, you guys only took eight things, which is awesome. You didn't take a lot of stuff at all. So I mean, I noticed you liked using some of the stuff that you say great about when you're the DM. That uh, <laughs> that plus twenty constitution you didn't seem to complain about. Twenty one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're a rock star. I mean, you. I, mean, really, I regenerate you, now. It's so cool. <laughs> on the line. That's impressive. Yeah. Um, the the number one question I had, people um, didn't understand all the puzzle stuff, so that was uh, interesting. 
There were puzzles? I think think the problem with puzzles in sort of this format is, I mean, if this was just a, we were in a game shop and it's eight of us sitting around, um, it's easier. It's actually easier to communicate in person. And, And I think there's things that Zoom does well and things that Zoom doesn't do well. And so initially, I think public puzzle solving is going to be harder um, over, over the internet. You know, we're not all in the same room. We can't, we can't listen to questions. We can't ask questions without sort of a certain amount of chaos. And then also there's just the nature of the show. And it's like, you know, I think, you know, listening to James's stories of how they would solve problems that Gary presented them, it seems like sometimes those problems could go on for months. Oh yeah. You know, well, we don't have that time in a show and I think we're all cognizant and that's the problem with entertainment. The worst thing that can ever happen is dead air. And so you do have to think and like, not, I mean, there's some very high IQ people here, but you know, you have to be lightning fast to solve puzzles in an interesting matter expediently. And so I just, I like puzzles because they're fun, but the crafting of a puzzle for an online show is probably going to be upped in difficulty because it, it can't be so hard that it can't be solved fairly quickly. Yes, but exactly it can't right. it can't be so easy that it that it's just there's no sense in it. Well, so so even, that, even, that's almost un, 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 that's that is a very hard thing to do. So it, that's, the, the, that's screenwriting. Yeah, I mean the 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 issue with the, the one puzzle you had, which was you know the the layout of the tower, uh, that was a visual cue that I think I, the the problem with it is through this medium is that I, I like I, I noticed why is that say five and maybe I just miscounted because you you were never seeing all of them at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah, so, well, so and- you could never see you know, uh, like I noticed it was a five and I was like I don't remember a four. But, you know, I think that was just a failure on my part. I didn't see it, you know, so why bring it up? Well, Um, so the puzzle that I was wondering if anyone would catch, I just realized why no one would. So so here's the map I displayed to you for the first level, right? That's the one I displayed. Uh, And it looks pretty innocuous. Here uh, is the same map. Right. uh, But there's one difference. And so in the very back is that weird pad of tile, the blue and white tile. It wasn't on the map I showed you guys uh, because I took the wrong picture. Uh, before I put the finished the map, I had taken the picture and realized that the map I sent you was not the map you needed. So yeah. Oh boy. So but here's gonna um, be here's gonna be the problem with with putting it. I noticed it like when you put up visual aids, the moment someone clears their throat or makes an aside comment their face shows instead of the map mm. so that that yeah. makes it difficult too it almost might be like if you want to put a puzzle in it it might be better to use wordplay puzzles or well, and you that know, like sense. use some latin and say you know like you know solve this puzzle by basically deconstructing latin and figure out you know what in the center means you know that kind what of thing. uh what the option was that jr was leaning to was uh, the pad behind them was a teleportation pad. And when you asked for stuff, um, you you started going down the path, JR, of saying, is there anything else you could provide? And the first time that's asked, they'll give up Bagheera. They, they give up the statue. Uh, the second time, they'll give you a marble 
that allows you to then step on the pad and go right to the top level. And so you well, I asked again, asked. but I got spoke over and then I just didn't ask it after that. Yeah, but but you were brilliant enough to get back here. He didn't use it, but it was interesting that he got it. Um, did you feel so how much you... of this tower was Wardna's construction from things that have happened in the game and how much was well, I'm going to do that. Like, I know you're a pretty litigious player. So you, you you know you keep yourself honest. Like how much of this was stuff that you've been building all along? Oh, how much did you? I I, yeah. I added only one crazy thing that I just wanted to put out there that is truly Moltean and not Crimson Hawk. Thus, yeah. the question ball. So the idea behind the question ball is uh, there was a Dragon Magazine uh, article uh, about uh, creating the other eight. Uh, classes of holy warriors and the paramander is the chaotic neutral equivalent of a paladin and it has a power to generate a question ball which was something I always really really liked and so I wanted to stick one of those out there to see how you would interact with truly a chaotic element uh, but not good and not evil but the creation of it is an evil act and so uh, that I just stuck in there as a fun thing for you guys to try and deal with. Everything else is something that uh, Wordna has actually encountered, bottled, carried, captured, stolen, whatever, from all our different encounters. I laid out all those other creatures. And I we, haven't, we haven't encountered Mars apes. No, no, no. Oh, sorry. True. That too. That I just made as a custom goodie. Okay. Uh, and what about uh, what about the demon? Oh, yeah. The demon is a real thing. Well, yeah, there's lots of demons in the game. You just, just haven't hit him yet. Yeah. Well, I mean, how did Wordna encounter it? Because um, we haven't encountered it. This We did. We actually encountered a demon in the very beginning of Crimson Hawk, uh, and he just called it diabolical. So uh, I used that as the license of what the creature was. Yeah, and he started yeah. talking about Set. Uh, the, the alteration to it was that I made it one of the sons of Set which would be a much worse thing to encounter in the end. Yeah, really. Uh, a demigod? That isn't fun stuff. Well, yeah. Well, it's hard. If there's Sorry, something but... that's the, that's different slightly than a paladin and, and not quite as good, does that mean you hate it, James? <laughs> well, he, he didn't say he did not say anti-paladin, so I, I, I don't revile him for being a horrible DM. And I didn't <laughs> stick the, I didn't actually stick the character in there. I just used one of the spells that they could cast. Uh, and okay. so I thought that would be something unusual to try and interact with. Uh, I did like uh, how uh, Terry uh, interacted with uh, the, so Smoke was um, the cat. When I used to write the early uh, missives uh, for the game, the first six, five or six, I wrote those long, long stories out and published those on our page. And so in the second one, when Wordner went into Crimson Hawk, the town, uh, I was describing what he was seeing in the places Jim had told us about. And so at one point, um, his familiar Razor had seen a cat and urged Wordner to buy it. And he did. And about 10 episodes ago, I put, I polymorphed it and put wings on it. And so I named that cat and stuck it out there just as a fun thing for no intelligent reason at there all. There we go. I know. It Terry, was funny how Terry loved interacted it. with it. Yeah, was, he loved surprised. it. So that was good. It was very good. All right. So that was uh, interesting. Do we have any questions from the chat? I haven't opened up the, uh, the Twitch yet. 
Yeah, they want to know what I'm uh, what I'm drawing, and uh, I'm not drawing anything tonight because uh, I'm I'm researching new characters. <laughs> oh, I, there we go. I, I died. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, You're I, not dead yet. I exploded. He might want to explode. He might want to be a different character. You're only mostly dead. I'm mostly <laughs> dead. I mean, yeah, that that failing your system shock. I mean, normally that's just uh, like, how did you determine that he exploded? So the idea of uh, that tapestry was basically covered in violence. Where it actually takes you is to one of the most dangerous Multane places, which is called Castle Tynus. And that's a place that sort of exists on the end of reality, very dangerous. And the results of trying to move back and forth are stressful to your body because you are losing your consistency as you're forced into another body. And that shape change effect is described pretty vividly by Gary a long time ago as an explosive transformation if you fail. And the system shock roll was literally why I said percentile. It was literally one percentile's worth of damage, which was 52. Yeah. So it was almost 25. Same thing happens when you go stone to flush. Yeah, exactly right. The risk, the high level of risk has to do with the amount of damage. And I couldn't remember. I thought Tron had somewhere around 64. So I was like, oh, this won't be so bad. Yeah, but and I he told me the number and I was like, oh, shit. And I calculated that out and it was past his death door. So I've made a little gross and graphic. Yeah, the, uh, that, but it was just, you know, in the moment. I had taken some hits. So yeah, and, and, yeah you guys did. You guys brawled hard and weren't able to recover quickly. One of the things I think that's a problem is I pace fast. And so you don't get a lot of downtime unless you're planning. But you guys were using the chat very well and saying, hey, I'm drinking this, I'm casting that, I'm moving these people forward because I, I don't give you a lot of time to breathe. And our show is so fast that I wanted people to be constantly in motion, constantly thinking. You guys, you yanked one of the torches of true seeing down. You, you started wrecking all sorts of crazies. I was so excited if you were going to dip that thing in the fountain. I was really excited about that, JR. What would have happened then? Um so the, the fountain um, uh, is the equivalent um, of uh, the decanter of um, uh, endless potions. And so I would have just rolled on the miscibility table as it tried to mix two uh, objects at once and uh, seen what kind of explosion JR would have produced. I yeah, I told you. I was going to do that. And then, uh, I watched Earl Otis's face and I'm like, oh, okay, maybe not. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I was afraid I was going to I hope it was uh, it was manageable for him. I, I, you know, we did move it up. Kind of a crazy. Hats thing. off to you for having the courage to kill a character and enforce the rules. James has always asked me, uh, "Do I pull any punches?" I'm like, "Nope, you don't. You kill people, and that's just the way it is. And that yeah. that is that is the difference between real D and D, and you know where we've ended up now. And right. Just you know, as evidenced by Walt's story. But Walt, I would say to you, it really is your choice if you want to stay dead. Because a resurrection brings that character back, oh, yeah, or even a you, and you, even a reincarnation. <clears throat> but if you're intent on making it, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you are you are all there. <laughs> it's funny. It's like, he's like, yeah, I'm just going to start throwing the pieces in a trash bag. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Captain so, Pagosha you know, says, not enough killing and too much bad singing. <laughs> yeah. No, well, bad we'll singing. What's so, that so, bad singing? So, so that's another thing. I force a lot of role playing. And uh, I, I thought everyone rose to the challenge fantastically. Um, I figured it was. I don't a know very what you're un- talking about. <laughs> it, you yeah, know, really. a very unusual event to uh, have everyone forced into sort of such an alternate uh, situation. But I, I really think everyone rose to the challenge nicely. Um, 
I had a couple different things like that that you could find depending on which levels you wandered around and what things you messed with. A severed lot. head as a player character. Yeah. Unbelievable. I've never seen that. Wow. Uh, yeah, that but, was... I don't, I, I don't know what was going would, through my head as I was drawing a little picture out of what that was going to look like. Yeah. I, and, did you design so, this during your Rona scare? Is that what was happening? <laughs> um, so anyways, so, I would just say to you, Walt, real quick, though, I just want to get in. Yeah. It's your call whether you want to make a new character or we will do whatever it takes. And I foresee that being hard to get that character reincarnated. It's, it's your call. Oh, that's something we should totally put to the chat. What do you guys think? You want to you want to see everybody loves drawn. Yeah, yeah apparently because because <laughs> everybody was like no oh yeah the number of texts and emails and live chats are going drawn what do you do i'm like hey, man, i just i'm just i have a job so, <laughs> so speaking of the dead thing so i thought when i looked up the uh the ring of life that that i used that you touched it to like the forehead and that's when you and i practiced the uh the dm session that's what we had talked about now you're saying that that's not how they work my memory of what Gary said is it's sort of like the ring of regeneration. If you're not wearing it when you're killed, it doesn't work. You can't put it on an inert body. That yeah, that's, my that's of how it mine, mine too. Mine too. Yeah. Okay, so I just he, misunderstood when we were planning because I was thinking it would be one of those ones where you could just. Well, see, then it becomes a rod of resurrection, and that's a whole different Right, deal. right. A very different animal. And the, uh, uh, it's, it's just why, it's why a potion won't work on a dead body. Uh, you, you can't pour a potion of healing, even though the function works like that. The magic only works on the anime. And so <laughs> okay. that requires the living. Captain, uh, so I, Captain Kogosha in the chat is trying to start some, start some mess. He first, he's, he's like, he's like, all right, so what you need to do is you need to roll up a, a hobbit necromancer. Um, <laughs> and now he's saying that the necromancer has to be female. And he goes and you really want to mess with people. Just abandon that and go with a drow or an orc. Yeah, great. Good idea. Because, you know, they're not evil anymore, so That's it's true. okay. So so the funny thing is, is the reason I threw that in there, uh, James, was because I didn't think you guys would be able to kill that stinking titan. So this was my not kill the whole damn party on my first effort. Oh, I see. And, and you right. ruined all of that, just so you know. Yeah, well, we uh, we killed that guy, didn't we? Crushed his little body. Uh, I was a little quite, better. I was I quite pleased monsters. with that. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. Just think of all the monsters I've loved that you guys have destroyed. Uh, but those had it coming. Well, I never those, at any those point poor, detected um, that Andrew Andrew loved any of the monsters. He was he was just sitting. You know, like the difference is, James, you do love the monsters. I do. You you, you hate when they get wailed on, but <laughs> you know that's that's what they're there for. So yeah, and it, it's interesting. You know, going going to you as the emeritus senior, you know, DM. You have this creation, Crimson Hawk. Um, and now Andrew has introduced uh, his world into your world. And so what is the peanut butter chocolate moment for you? Do you see your world evolving or, you know, uh, what happened here as far as well, how, how, how a, do you reconcile these things? That's a great question. Well, first of all, you know, Andrew's parallel world can sit beside mine all he likes and combine it all he likes. It doesn't affect Crimson Hawk at all, I don't think. And second of all, we're going to have lots of changes just because of this game. I mean, I want to, I want to turn you guys all into pets. I want to, <laughs> I know, I want to send you guys to Mars for a while. I want to do, I want to do lots of things with you just because of this game. So we've the game. Well, here, just... here, here would be the thing that I would be afraid of is I try to, you know, as Prometheus does, he tries to 
stir up controversy and foment things mm-hmm. and get people mm-hmm. to do chaotic things because that's what Only he enjoys. Is that Prometheus or is that Nick? Uh, yes. No, Nick is Nick is Nick a is person. Prometheus. Hey. Is that, yeah, right. No, come on, <laughs> Nick. Nick is good, as I try to tell Nicole. Um, uh, Nick, good. No, um, if I was Andrew's multi-in players, you know, um, and it does seem like that's a world of spheres, like Andrew was talking about, and it does seem like there are power struggles there and things that are people are doing well today just opened up crimson hawk for them to come in and plunder and raid and watch things and so it would seem like you could actually you know stirring up a little wwe here you could you could face (laughs) sort of you you could face those players now coming in to sort of pillage your world we're all old enough to know that yeah yeah, since you've just said they're side by side now i can see andrew's players taking advantage of that they've watched the stream they know what's going on. They go, oh, I know what I can do with that harp. I'll go get that harp. There was, there was a lot of fascinating conversation about that. In about six of them started watching episodes. They were watching old episodes to look in and see what all this was. Yeah, a bunch. Having me as a player is a very unusual thing. This is the only, I only play at tournaments uh, annually, but uh, this is the only thing I've been a player in in 30, 40 years. Long time. Long time. Well, so, I yeah, the, if, the game has changed won. a bunch just because of this last game. Yes, yeah, definitely. It would be it would be very interesting to see if Andrew's players make incursions into this world. And and then, you know, at the same time, maybe these our characters are allowed to make incursions into Andrew's world. Well, yeah, every time we play them. Andrew as a DM, we're going to be incursioning in his world. Well, and that's probably the question is, should we be retiring? We're not, you know, we'll have to decide if he's uh you know i you know i it the mega characters and i think prometheus is becoming pretty high powered and everybody else is becoming pretty high powered um so much i don't know my experience with a lot of dnd is that a lot of dms kill you because they don't want you to get too powerful because it's i think it's fairly difficult to run high powered characters yeah okay see um, i'm i'm exactly the opposite nick well that's I, what i was going to say i the think bigger you, the power you, the happier i am yeah, I think I think you and Andrew are. I I think you and Andrew are maybe some of the. I only know one other DM that I know uh, that could. I think people would like to see very high level gaming. I agree. That's what that's I what, think. Yeah, that's what Dark Sun was all about. Actually, oh, God, high yeah. level gaming. Yeah. So no, when you guys get up to 14th or 15th level, there's lots of stuff for you guys to already encounter that's going to give you grief. So yeah. So I think that's the answer to the audience was asking me a lot. What were the creatures? So here are the the original creatures that you guys dealt with. Uh, Nick wound up as the snake, the albino python. Uh, uh, Michael was the mongoose. Now snake and mongoose. Did anyone recognize that reference? Did that mean anything to anyone? Rudyard Kipling. Um, uh, <laughs> Ricky Snake Tickety and Mongoose were very famous dragster races in the seventies in the Midwest. Oh, really? They, they, yeah. They. So I just threw that in as a goofy. And they're also mortal enemies. So yeah. Yeah. Well, right, right. That too, Ricky Tiki Tabby. I love that you caught that one. Um, uh, Jim became the harpy. I thought it was very fitting, uh, Walt, that you were the war dog. I thought that was a great craziness there. Um, that was fun. <laughs> And Carlos was the homunculus, so that was a tough thing. Uh, JR, you drew the short straw as the stench cow. 
that's a um, lower plane uh, abyssal uh, uh, bovine that wanders across the spheres. And you had a, a power that I was wondering if you were going to employ, causing even more chaos. Um, the death screw, the oversized warhorse. And then, yeah, I don't know what was going on in my brain that I decided on a severed head. Uh, but I just thought that was a weird. It was thing. wonderful. <laughs> you, you were probably looking at Verghuls in the in the monster manual. Yeah, it's like, that's a great uh, theme folio, isn't that? Is that what that's from? Yeah. So, so what was the power I missed that I could have used? So, so um, the stench cow has a reek, an actual odor to it that it can emit in a direction, and that uh, works like the stinking cloud spell that Arrow had used. Uh, in actual combat, and it, it, it weakens stuff. So you might have been able to uh, isolate a head, but Jim took one out. You actually took out the goat head. Uh, a brilliant singing, I might add. It, and, and in in character, which was pretty, <laughs> awesome. Pretty yeah, awesome. I would, Jim. I would give you the role playing award today because <laughs> you did. You had the you had what we call in acting the courage to reveal, and you sang. I don't know that anybody else would have done that, but you did it, and you you get the for whatever that's worth. If if you if Andrew's giving away experience for role playing, I would that give, is, it. So, give it to you. So I do I do experience for role playing, and so you'll see in the pluses and minuses section. I'll be awarding all that. And uh, Michael, I thought you rose very well to the occasion in not only your mongoose, but also in your, uh, you know, fight to fight, uh, which is why. So Eric had the option if he wanted to award you a magic item or not. So he chose to give you the wind fan, which I thought was very appropriate. Yeah, that's nice. Is he going to get experience for that? Yes, he does. Okay. I'm just glad Jim didn't uh, opt for a harpy's famous uh, alternate attack, which is flinging poo. So (laughs) don't don't people need to be showing up and challenging Michael's character for their levels? It Um, will be, yeah. Absolutely, uh, he's he's getting close to that'll be the thirteenth level. So he's got to go through the four elements first, uh, and then he goes into the the one on ones that aren't done in monastery but are literally to the death combat. So yeah, I assume he's getting closer to that problem. Yeah, the last three are to the death, so we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, that um, the section with the with the polymorphing or whatever, that's where I was the confused part. So I was sort of struggling to figure everything out. But that's more my my head injury than anything. Uh, There we go. Was there anything that I described that you were interested in that you didn't get to mess with? Well, it's probably all sorts of stuff. I I was tempted with the uh, Nick's taunting about the heart eating the heart, but yeah, what would last time? Last time I, I went with my gut, I sort of destroyed everybody so i was <laughs> trying to listen and, and, and Earl. Andrew, Andrew, do you still have the table out um of the creatures no of, the of, of, of eating, eating the, heart. the heart no i actually just have the article on it so uh i've wow. used the same one for years and then i mine is actually my old manually typed variant where i put it so uh, eating a dragon heart was a, a concept that i remember from very old greyhawk stuff and it was it was mostly poisonous and fatal. That's why goading uh, Jim's character on had a much higher chance. He had a, a, almost a one in four of getting one of the crazy effects, and it's draconic specific. So if you had gone after the silver dragon, I mean, you had a chance of walking out with a breath weapon. You had a chance of walking out with spell cable. I mean, crazy shit that it does. It usually just kills your ass. But you have such a high save versus poison uh, that it's minus six. Yeah, and it is so, nice. Yeah, so so you would have with a with a seven or higher, you could still walk out with a you know a shot at a, a permanent power, which would have been amazing. And we have that black. We each got a black gem that negates one poison death. 
Yeah. So we could have yeah. given Can't that to that. him. Yeah. So that's a pretty good deal. The other heart, the shadow dragons, <laughs> that would have gone down a very dark path, some of the capabilities of what that creature had. And so Jim, when he used that on us, was very effective in torturing us for a good couple of rounds because we just couldn't find it or get to it. And, so, and now so, you have a water dragon heart waiting for you outside the tower. In so a big didn't even know that. Dragon. Yeah. Well, and, and so and what I'm using those things for is distilling dragon control and uh, dragon capabilities. So, um, you know, I, I have, uh, it turns out I have 22 monsters that I've cataloged and captured over time. Jeez. Plus dead parts. So a lot of stuff. Frightening. And what would you say Warden's goal is? Well, I just use them for uh, taxonomy and for making magic stuff and potions and the monsters. Uh, what my plan has always been is to, you know, continue enslaving and charming them to have them as guards or useful taskmasters, stuff we can do things. You know, that's why I put the, well, no, I mean, the top and bottom of the stairs, et cetera. What is your character's goal? Like what we're, what is the, what is the goal you are striving towards with this very powerful character? Oh, yeah. Um, Werdner wants to go home. Uh, so when I wrote my original uh, backstory, he is a Moltean sorcerer who wound up at the Tower of Facts uh, and came north up toward uh, Greyhawk City. Uh, when we became Crimson Hawk at Event 2, um, I used that as the impetus for, you know, figuring out, is he going home or is he going to live here since he doesn't know how to get home? Because we altered reality after the first round of playing in Greyhawk, which is accessible to me via spell jamming. But now uh, that we've got spell jamming with Crimson Hawk, I could still go home should I choose to. But none of the party wants to go home. They like alternate Crimson Hawk much better than original Crimson Hawk. Only Fever and I share the ideology of even having a memory of that difference. So that was the uh, you know consequence of the wish. So, yeah, I don't know what he's going to do. And what we have to decide now is, A, is he technically pulled through and we're done? Or B, does it not work? And then you guys get stuck with another round of dealing with figuring out what things on the fifth floor do you want to mess with? Do you want to go up to the top? Do you want to try and figure out how to get to the hidden level? The clues are here. I would, I would actually re-describe the fifth level to you if we started in real time up there. You know, sort of all sorts of stuff like that. That's what you guys have to make some decisions on what you want to do. But if we're not Speaking able to pull decisions, you, but but if we're not if we're not able to pull you through, then you know, yeah, yeah, figure out how to get to me. Yeah. So then I would describe I would describe what Lerm actually saw as a scene, and then you guys would have to go pay someone to either try and teleport there or use the clues that are still in here to see if you could find out how to get where I am. Or so the white the white wizard could probably make us a word in a Trump. Yeah, a Trump or, or uh, a plane shift, you know, do one of the things that would necessarily allow the party to get there. And the White Wizard is much, very strong and could do things like that, providing gateway access. The yeah, problem does, is, that, well, that, that, doesn't Nick have a teleport scroll that... I uh, do, that Ed Wardner gave me. I do have that. Teleportation is usually uh, uh, place to place, not plane to plane. Mm. Um the, the, you would have the interesting thing about doing this, we would then have to uh, consult a rule set I gave to Jim that he said he was going to introduce that we would have to decide if you guys wanted to get involved with, which would add an extreme element of risk. Yeah, indeed, crossing over of the realities again. And you would have to decide if 
you know, Jim wanted to let us add that element in. If, if Fever wants to become a loaf of bread, we'll have to ask her. Speaking of uh, risks and such, what's the uh, decision, Walt, with the character you're designing? Uh, the, the, so far, you know, uh, I, I can't play a halfling necromancer. That's just weird. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, no weird. Too close to home. What is it? Too close to home. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> You know, somebody uh, said that. Somebody said that to me recently too. They're like, they're like, dude, I thought you, you know, based on like, like the way you are online, I thought you were like six feet, six feet two. <laughs> like, no, oh no, but... I meant the necromancer part. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pretty, pretty much. You know, I mean, uh, I, I do love a, a nice three hundred win mag, um, but the, uh, um, uh, the, so far everybody here. Is like make a new character, you know. So I don't know. We'll we'll Aww, we'll, we'll have to. The audience <laughs> is cruel. The audience yeah, is tough. I really like Drown. Drown has always uh, been a great yeah, companion. Uh, Drown and Wordna have survived uh, separately from the party several times. So yeah. Wordna, if he does come back, feels mortified. <laughs> uh, Captain Kilgoshi keeps telling me he wants me to do a Drow elf. <laughs> I can't. Do I, it. I think we. I think we should reincarnate. Yeah, uh, John. That way he can it's, come back as something. It's funky. not a lot of fun to reincarnate no, as a Tyrannosaurus no, Rex. Yeah, really oh, old, old school D and D reincarnation is that table is Brutal. bad. Bad. Oh my bad. goodness, it's bad. There's just a couple good ones out of twenty, so it's yeah. it's really risky. It's, it's yeah, you are you are head down because as their nature comes over the nurture part. Holy crap! If it's one of the dark side ones, you yeah. I, I actually, get it for, for for the audience and, and for me because I don't remember the reincarnation table. Can you go over what what's the difference between resurrection and reincarnation? Yeah, sure. Reincarnation, Res- you come back as a creature. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And resurrection, you just come back as yourself. Right. Um, they they right. both have the the system shock rolls. Well, no, resurrection is resurrection survival. You actually roll directly against the RS table instead of SS. Okay. Whereas reincarnation is the system shock table, but you don't come intact with much of your memory, just an inkling of what you were. You are mostly the new thing, and the new thing is spending time exerting its will over your nature. So, uh, cool, you're a Tyrannosaurus Rex with your old memories. Uh, a cleric would be really pissed off, stuck in a body of a big giant dinosaur, as the dinosaur's nature is. I'd rather eat the party than like give them a cure. I'm not going to spend a lot of time piously sitting and praying for spells. I'd rather just eat everything near me. So, so yes. worse and worse. The uh, Captain Kilgosha is saying, uh, "Fine, no, no drow. Uh, go ahead and do a dwarf then, and and be a dwarven bard who can't sing but tries." <laughs> What's he implying? I wonder. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I thought you did well. Well, um, I'm, I'm glad it was uh, fun, but sort of an alternative break. Uh, you guys manage the timing and the pacing very well. Yeah, so, so you're going to pick what god? Or are you going to like go through multiple choice? Or how's that going to work for you if you do another cleric? Oh, a cleric? <laughs> I, I, well, I'd uh, be amazed if you did another cleric. Yeah, cleric, uh, you know, because I've already done that. Uh, yeah, been there, done that. Yeah, so might go with something else. Um, um, that, I, that, how about something from your supplement that you just created uh that uh, people can Ooh. buy online right now. Yeah, uh, that for us. that uh, that would be interesting uh, because yeah. uh, I already have that character, um, and it's funny too yeah. because when Jr. was having such a hard time pronouncing uh, "drawn with a D," 
uh, or John with a D rather. Um, uh, I just took the N off the back and created a, a, the character that we used for that ex- exploration to hell. Um, yeah. And that's where I eventually got the idea for the supplement. Um, and it was, uh, it was, uh, it's on uh, drive through right now. It's called the eye of Horus. And it's about um, imagine if all the thieves uh, that the uh, that the paladins and clerics of Horus had caught in a city uh, could be redeemed and used as like a spy organization. And uh, the guy that was uh, uh, the thief that was present in the in that run to hell, uh, he's part of that group. So, but he's already he's already there. <coughs> We've already seen him. So uh, I could easily use him, but uh, it would uh, it would be interesting to see how it would play out. I had four people ask me if this was going to become uh, <clears throat> uh, content for the world of Crimson Hawk. And I said, well, it is written. I crafted the whole thing. So we could definitely do something if they wanted it to become content offered somewhere. Assault on the Tower of Wordna? <laughs> well, it's called the Tower of Ascension. That's the name of the event. The tower is called uh, the Phoenix Tower. But right. the module as a thing, the event I created was called the Tower of Ascension. Uh, if you uh, do you have, is it all written up? Mm-hmm. If you send it to me, I can start. Uh, I can start working that over for you. We can actually release that as a like a, uh, a complete product. Um, there we go. I know. Right. I, you just have to decide if you're going on or well, yeah, Jim. I guess we have to work out the mechanics of uh, what you want to happen. And if well, let's work, is, out. let's work them out right now. Let's. What do we want to do? How do we want to go? Well, yes, yeah, so I, I can get free or not, and that's that's up to him. Now I'm having well, severe deja vu. Is there is Tower of Ascension? Uh, for some reason that 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 strikes uh, that strikes me as a a, a term that's very familiar. Uh, uh, okay, uh, that's just old age. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, I guess other things. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Uh, oh wow, Captain Kogosha. Dear Lord, man, he's saying Verdna should die at the end. There you go. You got yeah. yeah. yeah, a bloodthirsty audience. An appropriate ending. So this is a rough crowd. It's a good thing they love Prometheus. Oh my God! Yeah, everybody loves Prometheus. Shadow the Illustrator was saying that uh, uh, Dron's soul should get trapped inside of the magical cat. Uh, he wants to help, but he can't communicate. <laughs> <laughs> well, and 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 that's a thing that happened in one of uh, Morcock's old books was. Uh, a character was trapped enough in a small flying cat. Crazy. So, James, how do we reconcile? How do we? Uh, uh, what, how do we proceed here? So, well, I'd like to keep running the game. It's okay. up to you guys, really. I mean, yeah, I I enjoy doing it, and plus, I I really want to expand some more levels. Plus, you guys, I, you guys really haven't hit the tough stuff yet. So I'd, I'd like to see what happens. So far, you've, you've knocked over everything you've come across, which I think is great. But uh, there, there's the lower levels are, are very different than the upper levels. So uh, I would keep doing it uh, with, with guest DMs every once in a while. Uh, you guys can choose. No, I think I think we want to do that. I think the question is, how do we recover word here now? Well, he recovered. So we, we, can... we pulled him back from the tower. So why isn't he so there you go. in the tower right. with yeah. us? Ask them. Yeah. Well, we we didn't, but yep. we're assuming now we did. Oh yeah, so absolutely. We, no, no, we will was, just. So that was the literally the cliffhanger was left with the yes or the no, and so now the answer is yes. So there you go. That's right. the answer. Okay. And, and I want to yell at him a little bit. For 
for a stupid tower and how nasty it is. I'll be like, what are <laughs> you should, doing up here? You're not yeah, supposed to be on the fifth floor anyway. We should all have a talk with him about that. Look, there, I think, look what you did to my carpet. Now, I, clean up I my believe there are four monsters roaming around the castle that escaped from your tower. Well, why did you let those out? What, yeah, what exactly. See, this is why chefs chase people out of their kitchens. Yeah, don't, don't get in my kitchen. You know? Yeah, exactly. you're allowed on the first floor with the hotties who do all the work. That's where you can stay. Exactly yeah. right. Well, yeah, so that's fine. And so, Michael, I, I think I, you should stop brandishing a sword while you're playing the game. I, I loved like, that. I got I just a that. tad nervous when that was happening. Now, what kind of sword was that? Because it looked like a Xiphos. I thought it was a Gladys myself. Yeah, I thought it looked like a Oh, it's Sting. Too. It's Sting from yeah. uh, Lord yeah, of the Rings. Yeah, it is. Like a version of the Hobbit. It is Sting. It does there glow, we, too. I thought there it was we a go. Gladius. Yeah. And then we've got... Ooh. Good stuff there. Wow. Dear yeah, Lord. That's a serious piece of meat. Wham. Well then, yeah, I guess uh we're So, probably... we will we will re we will return to regular programming next week with Jim at the house. Yes. Um and you want us to get into the dungeon. You want us to get down into Greyhawk. You Hawk you guys have to solve the the uh the storyline of the giant wars and you haven't even nicked the top part of it yet. So, and then that's, there's that. We'll see, but that's, that 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 seems at odd with solving the dungeon. Well, you know, it isn't really right. So there's uh, a piece, that means there's something we don't know. Our spectators wanted a story, so I have given them exactly that. Okay. So, so that's what, what I, should we what what should we be doing next week? Are we going, going back? Your your well level takes you down to lots of giant things, and yep. so that would that would be a good place to go. You're also going to get. Uh, you're also going to meet a, a batch of fog giants that that wants you to not um, counterattack when they destroy Crimson Hawk. <laughs> there, there, there are fog giants. I don't remember those in the original Monster Man. Oh yeah, they're right there. Oh, were they? Okay. Yep. So uh, uh, in the chat, Shadow the Illustrator is saying uh, how interesting would it be if uh, if Prometheus suddenly developed amnesia and had to relearn how to use fever all over again. Oh, wouldn't that be something? Yeah. <laughs> I think we've done enough stuff to fever. Yeah. <laughs> I leave, think. Leave the I poor sword alone. Not even close. We, we haven't stripped her of her magic. We haven't taken all our wood gems away. away. Best, you took away my best gem. Yeah, I, I made really her... You me alone! <laughs> yeah, so really. I, I was going to be very interested to see if you tried to use fever uh, on the top level, which had more Moltean elements, because it would work the way the sword is described, not the way Jim has allowed it to work. Uh -huh. so a dancing sword normally uh, cannot, does not dance on its own. It goes through four rounds, singular plus increments, before it can gain that power. So you were going to throw it, and it would fall to the ground. And fall to the ground. What the F is going on with I this? I know, thing? that would have been fun. Because that the old school way is it's plus one on the first round, plus two on the second, plus three on the third, plus four on the fourth, and then it can dance and for four rounds it goes through that increment work with you in synchronization. So, so question, uh it, it related to some of the magics that we caught today. Uh so those gems of absorption, is that what they were? Yeah, uh, basically the ion stone of absorption, basically. They so, uh, I own uh, stones are owned by Hasbro Incorporated. <laughs> uh, floating gems. 
Right. So these are these are like shoulder stuff that we found in the bowl of Anubis. Yeah. Okay. That's exactly. so, so 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 we would be carrying it on you know, our shoulders or whatever. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, they're currently charged, so I guess we can discharge them at will or. Um, uh, yes, it's it's basically like spell storing. You can discharge that, and uh, Jim then, as it goes back to the real world, can decide if it burns out from the energy or if it can absorb another first level spell. Well, the yeah. dwarf gives back his thing, gem to Wordna. <clears throat> no, Wordna doesn't want it back. Really? No. Okay, yeah, the Hydra's going to regenerate, and it'll be suitably pissed okay, off. Okay, and I to... thought I took care of that, so it wouldn't regenerate. No, they left one head. Remember what Oh, they dang are? it, he dang it. it back in and closed the door with the head oh, still intact. I deliberately said, of, someone cutting off the head? No, no one was cutting off the head, so. Kind of tragic. I expected it to throw more fire, too. I, so that was my goal for the next round. You guys cut off so many goddamn heads so fast. It was unbelievable. We did. That's made what it you do. But the, the Hydra we captured wasn't. So, you know, I wouldn't like that. And I got the Ember Hulk loose now, too, which is really bad. So <laughs> that's a problem. What do you mean loose? He's in this, he is locked in his cage. No, no, no. He burrowed through the stone. You guys. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He, did, that he did burrow he through the off. stone. And so yeah. it, it's it's fallen to the second floor. Yes, yes. Wailing around on the alchemy lab, which is really bad. So let me retell this story. So it's my first DMing experience at the Origins Convention, and I want to say it's '77, but it might have been '78. And um, we were we were in uh, we were in an adventure where the very first thing they met was an Umber Hulk. Oh, and so scary. the part the party of five met the armor hulk in like the first two minutes of the adventure oh. and none of them made their save and so yeah. the umber hulk confused them all they all sat on the floor and the umber hulk ate their heads yeah, so ate them. Oh. a total party kill in like eight <laughs> minutes it was the fastest total party kill i ever had yeah it's a as a monster it's a horrible killing machine yeah it really More is attacks around plus confusion yeah, if it, if it can get a hold of you, it literally lips your nips your head right off. Yep, it does. Yeah. Well, that's why I was closing my eyes anytime I was anywhere near there. So yeah, well, you kind of have to look at it to fight it. Yeah. Oh, I have blind fighting. Yeah. yeah, that's true. And and a bunch of you. So, um, how were you guys comfortable with doing all the ability checks? I know I do that sort of ad nauseum, and I wanted to round out getting you guys used to all the different variants. So I pushed that hard. Yeah, no, I'm starting to do more of those too now. It all moved quickly, so I don't think there was any. Uh, I mean, th there was no pausing. There was uh, no. I, I think the no, pacing not, was good with whatever. I don't leave a lot of time for debate, which is tough. You really got to make a decision to, if you want to. So the hardest thing about my campaign style is survival is really impetus. You either know it or you don't, and if you don't, you have a good chance of being ruined quick. Mm -hmm. Jim plays in a group with people, and yeah, if they move slowly, they get killed. So it's tough. It is. Is there well, anything that life. you had for there for this adventure that you wanted us to hit that we didn't hit? Yes. Yeah, there were <laughs> two things I had uh, made. Well, I was really hoping you'd go after the bird. I wanted to see if anyone was going to talk with it. So if either of the priests talked to it, um, I would have had a chance at charming. My goal was to charm the paladin because he could do damage to me in range, PFE, obviously. And so I needed a way to lure him over so I could talk to the paladin and be like, hey, man, all I need you to do is just to scuff one of these edges. I just just need a little help. I'm here to be your friend and, and I'll work for you. I also loved that you thought about resurrecting uh, Tron that way. That would have been outstanding what Jim would have what you would have wound up with after Jim took over because it 
would not have been a raised dead or a resurrection. It would have been a horrible, diabolic, demonic. Yeah, with a demon fire. inside his chest. Yeah, that's why Very Walt was sending me ignore me, focus on saving words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that there we fun. go. Um, the other thing I had put out there is um, if you asked enough questions of the question ball and got to the last one, the owner would have shown up. And so that would have been a very weird hybrid crossover with the actual paramander that was uh, created the question ball coming to retrieve it uh, from impudent word enough for actually using it. How tough and are those guys? So the interesting thing about it is it would have been a great paladin on uh, holy warrior fight if either he or JR decided to take it on individually. Um, but one of its great powers is that um, it always, um, uh, it always the first blow from an opponent is always uh, parried, so that the blow is always uh, put to the side, and then it has three attacks around. So, so what happens if you're wearing a, a displacer cloak on that character? Does he get the first two attacks? So yeah, so that would be that would be a very interesting collage. Of, you know how the magic versus the power would work, and I like ruining things like that a lot. So those are fun. So I have, a, a couple I have a of question. cool magic items I hid. For you guys to found, but Earl found one and uh, uh, Nick found one. So yeah, I was I was pleased that you guys dug up some of the magic items, and of course you found the things that you commissioned me to make all those years ago. So I, I do have a question. Uh, given that you have the belt of dwarven kind there, Wyvern, uh, are you rolling to see what happens to your beard every day? <laughs> no, I saw that in the chat, Jr. I love that. What does that mean? So the, the belt, if you read the, the stats for it, it 50% uh, chance to make your beard more beardly. It's one of the descriptions <laughs> for it. It was really? designed, that was one of the perks that was originally was going to just mess with people that weren't dwarves, but it, it wasn't racially specific in the in the manual I found. So it's a Rogaine for dwarves. Basically. Yeah, really. So nobody even notices when my beard goes wild. <laughs> one thing I put out there that uh, didn't seem to go anywhere was I had a lot of prompts for you guys to use racial abilities. I used different surfaces and mediums, and I was looking to see if you guys are going to analyze those. The top floor was that weird material. The third floor, I said the stone was unusual, but none of those things, nobody cared about using any other racial abilities. So that's what, 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 what was the story with that vine? Um, oh, yeah. So um, uh, I was desperate for you to mess with the... Uh, <laughs> the plants but nobody did that so that uh, i wanted to i'd like to point that out you, you did uh so that was a choke creeper vine from uh uh the actual one taken from the barrier peaks adventure s3 and so um it was going to try and grab someone and throw them into the buzzsaw plant which would have been outstandingly funny and there we the, go the the carnivorous funny means what you think it means yeah the, the carnivorous plant um can overcome the elven sleep and charm. That's what would be interesting about that. So if anyone had taken the sap, they could have used that uh, for arrows or things or spears or weapons or missile weapons and overcome uh, resistances to sleep and charm uh, and use that to pacify opponents. So, so me chopping up the vine was a good idea then, wasn't it? Oh, it was a brilliant idea. I was going to try and <laughs> capture that and somehow none of you uh, triggered the trap. So I should have made the staircase trap automatic. Because that would have been a terrible thing to have to fight through. Hey, so. thanks for gifting that uh, that sub, Captain Kugosha. That's really cool. Thank you, sir. Huzzah! Yeah. Huzzah! Well, I hope it was entertaining and that you guys uh, got to try something a little different and uh, 
run at my pace, which I know was a little frantic, but hopefully fun. No, it was good. You did a great, great job. I'm, I give you an A plus for your effort. Thank you. Nah. You know, I've been thinking about the subscribers too. Walt and Nick, what do you guys think about uh, giving subscribers a secret website that uh, that we as players and referees add to once once or twice a month? Uh, in in what way? So that see, if you subscribe, we give you a code word, and and you can get online and get in this Crimson Hawk website, and and it's just stuff that we put in there that are interesting to the to the subscribers. That's something we could that we could explore. Uh, the hard part of that would be um, uh, getting the metrics to track the subscriptions. So you would want if you if you're making it a subscription thing only, uh, where um, people are able to uh, come in during when they're subscribed mm-hmm. versus when they're not. You know what I mean? So that's, that's I would all- just make it. I would just make it a newsletter. Yeah, there you go. That if yeah. you're subscribing to the newsletter, then if you're on the newsletter that month, you get the things. What I would be more interested in is like, what kind of things are you thinking about giving them? Andrew and I were talking this week, and he was showing me these D and D cards that would be for every character, and sort of the mock-ups and the art. And I think that's pretty cool. That would be a good thing to give away. So that's um, one of the things we do for our tournament players who play uh, with guild members is we offer them up. Uh, cuts of the character sheets we commission artists to render the character sheets at tournament and so we let people have the art versions of those and i've always said to uh, nick about this that one thing we could offer would be you know some of the vignettes the special here's fever's actual powers here's a copy of wordness character sheet here's the spells that i create here's some of the artwork that uh, walt has drawn so we could we could put out some interesting content uh, that people might be curious about and I have a I have a piece of Errol artist Errol Otis art that no one has ever seen. What? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Imagine that. Well, and and Errol also drew his character. So. Yes, when you played it, like, and when I played in his game last year in San Francisco, uh, it was really amazing because he draws a lot of stuff for his personal games, and you're like, wow, I'm seeing Errol Otis art that no one else has seen. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I figured it was weird showing my seventeen uh, uh, year old drawing of the Road of Time. Yeah, he 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 should be our next DM game because he is he as you can tell from his personality he's a very sensitive person he's a very eclectic person he's very interesting um, his style is very different than the both of yours which is very pro level you guys are this is some of the finest you know gaming experiences I've ever had Errol is a very interesting person and uh, his puzzles are visual because he draws them. And, that must be nice. Yeah, and like you're literally staring at like there was this like we were just last time I was playing with him we were just getting into this cavern, and he had this sort of like very Errol Odyssean sort of like shrine in there, and that was the puzzle. And like we didn't really get to get into it, but uh, we should ask him to guest DM one time because it's it's a real treat. And uh, if you guys think that you were pro on the voices today, he does the voices and they're insane. They're just <laughs> Andrew, technical, uh, Zoom technical question. Is there a way? So now, obviously you can share a graphic, and, but it, it occupies the full screen. Is there a way to share something that it doesn't like block out everything else? Like, almost as if it's a character, like, you know, one, one of us. You know, like if we wanted to see some map or something like that without 
knocking everything else off the screen. Is there a way to do that on Zoom? Yeah, I believe so. So, so there's a bunch of layers in the sharing, <clears throat> and we usually use the immersive just because of how many people we have. Um, but, right. but based on uh, some of the feedback today, I'll be chewing on some of the research behind that. Um, Zoom works in the enterprise version uh, for the talking voice as having command based on the view format you're using. And, and Zoom comes with the speaker view, the full screen view, the gallery view, you know, all those different ways you can cut and split that. But yeah, I want to look and see if I can do uh, a share screen where the thumbnail is the image and the party holds the screen. I think that's a format. So I'll, I'll definitely look at that to see because I, I appreciate what you guys said. That, yeah, if someone talked over or coughed or did something, they became the screen and the image went away. So that's worth noting. Yeah, JR. What did I call? When it, uh, when it comes to me, um, uh, it, it usually tries to co-opt my monitor. Um, but my monitors are set to where if anything tries to do that, it automatically shrinks it to the default setting that I have it as. So um, uh, the people in the stream are seeing just the map uh, with right. your heads above it. So you guys... Yeah, see, and that's how I do it on the Mac, too, is I separate it out. So on my three screens, I have a screen that's just for graphics and displays. Yeah. So when I share, it's over there, and I don't even that doesn't even affect what I'm looking at. And so I have one screen that's just with the battle order updated. So I know the sequence and can be calling out who's doing what, when, and then the change. Cause I, I'm paranoid. I track hit points. I track a bunch of ability scores, but I mean, this was just a single dip. So we didn't go through a lot of the crazy stuff that right. I don't know. And that's the other thing that, that, you know, people who are watching uh, really don't get because it kind of, it, it does seem a little bit seamless when you're watching it back later on. Um, oh. the, what, you, what you're seeing is um, you're actually when Jim is running the game, you're actually seeing um, three points of game uh, of game uh, production coming together through one thing. So you got uh, Andrew is actually hosting the call. Um, Jim is running the session and I'm running the stream. So yeah. everything, so that you have these two points that converge behind my, behind what I have going on. And then I'm the one actually pushing it. So like, um, hmm. so that it, uh, it's, it's not just one person doing something. Cause if it was coming from one source, um, as long as you have multiple screens, you can actually do a lot of this stuff pretty seamlessly where, you know, like, um, uh, for example, if I wanted to, um, if I wanted to, uh, oh, let's see, we can show this to the chat right now. We'll just get a blank screen up. Um, and so, for example, when we have a, um, a separate scene that allow oh, that's good enough, uh, allows us to show uh, us and the game table all at once, right? So um, when I switch to to that, like I'm doing right now. Uh, we see everybody in the chat just as, you know, we want to see them. And then right beside it, we have the game table. So we have the actual Roll20 app all set up, all ready to go. Um, and it just, it like I said, it looks seamless. It looks like, uh, because of the way I have it cut, it's, it's, um, it seems like it's, it's very easily back and forth, no problem, blah, blah, blah. But a lot of times what you get is you get uh, the game is actually coming from three different people. You know, you got, um, you know, you got, you got 
uh, Andrew controlling uh, the the call that we're all on, Jim controlling the game, and me controlling the stream. So um, yeah, the stuff like that in how we're currently running it uh, could be a little bit difficult, but um, there, there are always ways around it because, like I said, uh, you got the computing power of three people that can actually be put together to put this uh, uh, together a little bit e a little bit easier. So. Yeah, well, really, that's the computing power of two people. <laughs> I have no ability with computers whatsoever. I can turn them on. That's about all I can do. Well, and we had reasons. we had somebody come in today, and uh, and uh, how how did they rebroadcast our stream? How was that? Well, oh, we had, uh, yeah, we had a celebrity a, come in and do that for us. Yeah, that's a that's a, a thing on Twitch. So Twitch has two things that you can do uh, for people uh, if you're trying to kind of like support what they're doing. Um, one is called rating and the other one is called streaming. Uh, uh, excuse me, hosting. So um, hosting is when you don't have a show going on. Uh, and what you do is you, um, you just uh, share that other stream and it sends out a notification to all of your, your viewers saying, hey, uh, you normally watch so-and-so's channel they're hosting these guys. You might want to watch this too. So that's hosting. Um, then there's rating, which is a little more active. And that usually happens when you're either playing a game yourself or you're, um, you're hosting a stream. And a lot of times for D&D folks, it's when the, their stream ends. And, it's, and they'll say to their, play, uh, to their, uh, to their audience, hey, I'm going to go raid so-and-so. So right, right now, uh, we have seven people actively watching. Um, and if somebody that we knew was, was running right now, we're going to say, Hey, let's go raid their channel. So what it does is it co-ops our channel and then this all drops away. And then we all enter their channel into their chat. Right? So today we had uh, Jay Scott, Lord Gasumbo, who's a very, uh, prolific Greyhawk streamer. He's a huge proponent of Greyhawk, uh, him and, um, him and Anna Meyer, uh, who does the, the those beautiful Greyhawk maps? Uh, they usually they usually broadcast three to four times a week. Uh, they came in today and they they uh, they hosted the channel, which was very kind of them because they have a huge huge audience. So and and they weren't appalled at what they saw. <laughs> yeah, and I feel bad that it was me and not Jim doing it. So no, no, they, they were they got a they got a trip into weird life. Yeah, we try. We uh, when I see them. Uh, well, I mean, just just value add real quick. First off, you had Carlos, who's a fairly legendary game designer for, oh, yeah. for GURPS, right? His witchcraft game was he, amazing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's he's a celebrity. You have an actual TV celebrity, you know, in Terry Shepard, you know, who's yeah, a Green Beret, who's pretty cool. And then you have two legends of original D&D, Carol &D, Otis and Jim Ward. Like, how much more value do you want, like, from a show? Yeah, really. Jeez. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I got a lot of really great comments. Oh, and Terry. I mean, the only thing we're left from doing is going to Gary's grave, digging <laughs> up his corpse, and throwing the head down on the table and say, what more do you people need? Yeah, really. Well, well, it, actually, then then we should bid on the relic so that we can have one year with the relic. So that would be fun. They, at at um, Gary Kong, every year you get to bid on uh, his uh, sandals. Which are called the relics, and the, I thought it was just it, one sandal. I think it's a single sandal. Yeah, it's yeah. a single sandal. And, and yeah, it's, it's in a box, and the high bidder for the charity, it's um, um, uh, a wounded warrior project. Uh, the high bidder for the relic for the year gets to keep 
the relic in a box and uh, it goes with you for the year. <laughs> so they do have your thoughts in mind, Nick. Yeah. And I think we're about to have Luke on, right? Was he gonna yeah. we're gonna, well, we're going to have Luke on in March for sure. Yeah. During Gary Khan. Yeah. Uh, so we are, we are um, one of the channels for the Friday game. Uh, we're going to be on his live stream and he's going to play and possibly some uh, celebrities. So he gets a, a really big celebrity following at Gary Khan. And so he might be inviting some people out. No, no actors though. No, you don't want actors. Okay. I'm I'm too jealous of the actors. <laughs> oh, so if what if John's get... character is dead, right? Uh -huh. But um, what if he's gone to Ravenloft? <laughs> that's not how, that's not that's not how that works. <laughs> Why not? I have no problem sending you all to Ravenloft, but you'll be yeah, very bad. unhappy the whole time you're oh, in there. Ravenloft yeah. is so but, tough. And Ravenloft is a one-way trip. If it's played old school, you don't come back ever. There is no yeah. Well, I mean, there. it would it would be back. very interesting for any character that dies in our game to end up in Ravenloft. Oh. I don't maybe maybe someone wants to at that point run those characters once we've acquired like five or six dead characters. Uh <laughs> Will run them through Ravenloft. Oh, that's sort that's of like good. sort of like an all-star game. Oh, but, that's good. Know, yeah, that's no fun at all. <laughs> Ravenloft, Ravenloft, you're on the well, run. Wait, Jr's got a dead character. Yep. Jr's got a dead character, and Walt's got oh. a dead character, and uh, yeah, so we we've almost got a team. But that, I think that would be fun. Is that once we acquire five or six dead characters, uh, <laughs> we have an all-star session of Ravenloft for the dead. Okay, I'll I'll tell you what. At, at Halloween you time, my dead character. Oh yeah, that's a great yeah, idea. Right. Yeah, Halloween. we can do oh. it then. No yeah. problem. That would be really. Bad. I was hoping to and run. Oh, them. Jim's got a dead character. That's three. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I was I was hoping to run the mansion of the Mad Professor Ludlow at, at Halloween, but we make can us all it. scouts. Yeah, make you all boy scouts. Yep. I did a I did a Dragon Magazine article where where a bunch of Boy Scouts were, were in the woods and a horrible storm came upon them and so they were rushing around and they they saw this mansion and and they got in the mansion and and horrible things started happening to them and they realized that they had to find Professor Ludlow to get out of this terrible place and so you adventure in, in a three level mansion as Boy Scouts. And, and you have powers and abilities based on the merit badges you were trying to work on during yeah. this camp out. It's awesome. It's it's great. It's a it's a fun little thing. I, I enjoy it. it. It's pure How torture. did you get permission to do that from BSA? Oh, thank you very much. Um, I didn't ask them because I never sold it. Yeah, not a thing. Okay. Yeah. Besides, Boy Scouts are are done. Yeah, <laughs> they got bigger fish to fry. They keep getting in trouble yeah it's so sad <laughs> oh. <laughs> well congratulations michael on moving your level that was very well done i hope you had fun you? doing it yeah no, it was fun that was a lot of fun that's the easiest you're ever going to have it by the way just want you to know <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to be for us not against us <laughs> uh, you know and having that guy come in in costume dog gone you yeah, andrew that was good that oh was our really members good. yeah so the three guild members who are going to show up so you had a wizard a guy who was dressed in his uh, wizard outfit, um uh the monk you saw and then one of our clerics so well i think they've 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 all earned a chance to come and at least play one session yeah they should do that andrew they, be they, sure they're they, they're invited they, yeah, I'll, I'll we should, we, that was nice. Nice of them to do, and so yeah. like, 
Yeah, they should come in and let James be mean to them for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, funny. I think we all tested me. So, uh, uh, so that way we don't end up on a on a five a.m. call like we did last week. Because <laughs> I was I was burnt last week. I got to tell you. Um, what? Uh, let's. Uh, are you let's... Are you East Coast? Yeah, I'm East Coast. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. It's East Coast. Now. East Coast. Best coast. I'm so. Uh, what uh, what are three things we did the right, right and three things we did wrong? Okay, I think Jarrah was on fire today with good. Ideas. Oh my yeah, goodness! Was good. When he slammed that that gate shut, I was never so proud of him in my entire life. Well, and and he he uh, kept querying the ladies for stuff. What what would Wordner have for us? What would he? Yes, that was brilliant. You you had. You you made A moves all night long, Jr. Very impressive. Yeah, it really you. did. Really did. I failed in my desire to get James T to dragon hard. So that oh. was a <laughs> It was never. It was never going to happen. It, that you pitched it was making me so happy. Love yeah, that. Yeah. Um, uh, Captain Kilgosha in the chat says, "Too much singing, not enough player death." <laughs> he's got a one track these guys got a one track mind as far as yeah, that they now, do. that and they they, wanted- they, they they truly I will say you truly had the option for some horrible deaths and you guys resisted you didn't mess with the puddings I was so excited for you to mess with the puddings yeah, uh, it seemed like mess with the plant you could have gone after the crazy Venus fly trap I mean I wanted you- to kill it they wouldn't let me kill it some horrible things that truly were all about that messing with the pentagram. I, I yeah, I just had confidence that you guys were going to screw with. You. Oh man, I so. thought hard about it, but just <laughs> you you saying there was a little bird in there that that's just like me putting an attractive woman in the middle of a pentagram. It's never good, never <laughs> ever good. So so where did Seymour come from? The plant. Oh yeah, uh, the the creature. So. Um, when I started going into town, um, SOP that Gary said um, when you first played, uh, and, and so he helped me craft my first character, my Ranger Thief, um, I, I didn't know how to get equipment. You know, I said, well, what do you start with? And so I bought a war dog named Ralph, and, and uh, he described things. Um, and one of them was there's this whole, in this apothecary, there was this whole thing of potted plants. I had no idea what it was all about. And the option was uh, you could get, he described a couple plants. And so you brought a plant and then a magic user could grow the plant or the druid could do plant control on it and just cause mayhem. Yep. And that was a standard thing. So when I went through Greyhawk before the event, before uh, Jim switched it to Crimson Hawk, I bought a plant. And so that's where there you have it. Yeah, that saved my bonds many a time. Yeah, we, we get into a dead end corridor, and I grow the big thorn bush, and yeah, we were safe for the monsters. Right. Yeah, you got a moment. That's right. All you're doing is buying time. Yes, yes, exactly. So, exactly. I just had a lot of graphic description to make it a little more unusual. I try and add sight and sound and things that you don't hear in a lot of games just to give people something to puzzle on or to worry about. It creates a lot of tension. I, 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 I'll, I'll take some great screenshots of the faces because you guys had some fantastic looks at certain times. And I like that. I, that's My job is to describe the environment in a way that makes people who are, I mean, everyone here is a veteran has played really strong and so i wanted to expose you to how hard it can be in in a fast pace so 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 do you you do you pre-write out longhand the descriptions of all the scenes and whatnot or that's all in my head 
Okay. Yeah. All the dialogue and all the scenes are in my head. All I all I write down is the actual description of the room, not the actual uh, details or what the creature's effects you are. You don't write down the creature powers and abilities? No, I know them. Wow, that's nice. <laughs> as long as I, I that's why it. that's why James he's now our judge. <laughs> so when we appeal to Andrew on the rules, we're going to get a ruling. Yeah, you might want to get a ruling, but you're not going to get a ruling. Yeah, no, there you go. <laughs> yeah, you just he knows the rules. He know he Andrew, I mean like I've never seen such an encyclopedic mind about Yeah, he does a good job with that. He does a very good job with that. Yeah. Speaking right. of the rules, one of the things we were talking about in the back end is, is I was looking for, because I'm about to start DMing with some friends, the uh, st In the Search of the Unknown module. Ah. And uh, we were going to um, talk about potentially getting one going on the channel as well, separate from that, where oh, I would fun. lead it. That's I would lead That's some, a classic So I'm going to practice with yeah, my friends. Don't you have to populate In Search of the Unknown, though? Like Yes, correct. So yeah. they, they give you the description on the first two pages, and then they have you build more world-building stuff after that. So it's really nice to do that. That's one of the best starting modules with some really uh, confundus-type confusion traps, uh, you know, walking you through that teleport maze, which creates mapping hell. I mean, a bunch of things. And Gary did that, too. He screwed you in Greyhawk. You he loved, he loved teleporters. He loved teleporters. Oh. Couldn't map to save your life. And I, and I thought a lot about what you had said, Jim, about forcing everyone to map. I just, as I had timed this out, I think it would have been too hard for me to describe all the stuff over and over and over. So that's why I just decided to stick the maps up so you could at least see. Yeah, see, you're nicer than I am. Gary never showed us maps ever. No, so, no I don't so, ever remember a map. Yeah, so I don't show maps either. So I don't know. It's, no. it's my. I sometimes think I do too many Gary things because – uh, people like to see maps, but I, I would me, like them to just draw maps, you know? I think the problem is in campaign play, when you do tournament timing, you don't have enough time to do it. Mapping mm -hmm. takes so much time. And so by having a uniform map, one of the things we're working on right now uh, is two really interesting softwares that map on the fly that work with Zoom. Oh, really? So you can literally be drawing the map uh, while people are looking in real time. So then you could have someone map and everyone could see it in real time instead wow. of the transfer back and forth. So see, see, I, if, if you think about it, you know, the, the, the pleasure of the game isn't in the mapping. You know, the mapping right. should be something that everyone gets a common understanding of because making that a challenge isn't part of the entertainment value of the game. Well, it slows you down. And, yeah. and so I took to heart what Nick said is that this is a, a show and so right. I wanted to add some more over-the-top elements as well as, you know, that's the reason I have the stopwatch on my desk is I time each segment. And so I give enough time, and if you can't answer, then I'm just going to roll over you and, and the monster will go again. It's not going to I would say this, all. James, like throwing up your maps would cause a lot less confusion and allow us to focus on what's going on instead of continually asking you to describe things. It, it might make the game faster online it we might, I'm, I'm of two minds about it though i i guess yeah. i guess i i want to do i want to do more of the theater of the mind <clears throat> in your heads and so that that certainly is partially describing areas like i describe them now like gary described right. them yeah 
Well, and did you feel like tonight that you had a good understanding of what you were looking at, or was it too fast, too vague? No, we, we no. had four circles to look at. Come on, it doesn't get any easier than that. Uh-huh. All right, well, I'm just <laughs> asking. I mean, was the stuff, I described weird tables, I described brazers, I described crazy torches, I described desks up and down, cages, all that, you know. It made sense to you. There was never a point where you're like, I don't know what the hell I'm looking at. Yeah, never a okay. problem. Okay. And there was, there, like I said, no downtime. So even if it w- there was ambiguity, it didn't matter because you had to focus on something else immediately. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you were in the motion. That's good. Yeah. yeah and I liked, I, I mean, I thought Carlos, he had some great ideas too. Don't touch. He, he was definitely a pwn from aliens. Nobody touched <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I like that a lot. Well, the audience seems to love him too. Yeah. We always get lots of comments about him. Yeah, I think people had fun. That's the most important part. Yep. We exactly. had a lot of guests, and hopefully, and we picked fun. up a su- subscriber or two. That's fun. Yeah, there was there was there was a lot of good stuff going on. Uh, I have a guy who says he's going to render the maps in three D. Ooh, so, dear uh, lord, that would yeah. be fun. You know, one of the. One of the things as far as mapping goes that, that, that uh, we can do, um, there's uh, several different mapping uh, softwares that we can, uh, we can throw up onto the, uh, onto the, um, the streamer that we're using. So like this digital, this digital assembly board that we use to put the stream out. So as you're describing things, we can just draw the map in real time, right, right digitally, and it'll look like an old school... 1970s, cool. 1980s map, complete with like ink lines and hash marks and stuff like that. So, um, if that's something that the the uh, people online would like to see, we can definitely do that as well. The only thing yeah. better would be like stick figure stick figure battles of the original uh, Excalibur movie, <laughs> which is what I which is yeah. what I used to awesome. do in seventh grade. I just sit there and draw stick figure sword fights for Excalibur. Oh, that's awesome. I drew race cars, but you know, stick figure sword fights are cool too. Stick figure and stick figure storming castles, running guys through with Zweihanders. Oh yeah. Now see, that's where the difference lies. See, you, you were into cars and now you have a dog running through your house, wrecking the hell out of it. And Nick was into stick figure sword fights and you know, he's, he's, he's walking down in the Marina and some of the pictures that he's got online. What's funny, the the, the only thing I ever drew when I was a kid, yeah, all the time, was a beholder. I don't know why, but I always (laughs) drew a beholder. Really? You make a lot more sense now. That's a rule. Yeah, yeah, he makes a lot more sense now. (laughs) Yep, Yep, absolutely. So uh, we want to thank the chat for coming out tonight, uh, hanging out a little bit, and uh, and sharing some time with us. Uh, apparently, uh, I don't know. I think uh, I think Dron might move to Ravenloft. I don't know. We will. We'll have to see if he brings the light of Horus back back that way. Um, I, I got to tell you too that that uh, if you go to um, if you go to the Facebook group, uh, you can see the just that video of uh, Dron buying it and some of the uh, the cast reaction, which was really awesome. Um, and uh, as a side note, um, starting on this Monday, um, it will be at noon Eastern time. Uh, we have our first spinoff show um, that is opening up. So um, it's called the Lunchtime Test Drive, uh, where uh, one of my friends from a different podcast, Mr. Mike Lafferty from the Banff podcast, is going like to. Mike. Yeah, Mike's good people. He's going to host um, 
uh, a bi-weekly show where he brings on a game designer with a new and upcoming game, and uh, we get to sit down for anywhere between 45 to 90 minutes and play a couple of sessions. So, that's wow. Yeah, it's, it's that's yes. Cool. So start. that's going to be uh, this Monday. Uh, the name of the game, which is funny because you guys mentioned Ravenloft, is The Monsters Are Our Heroes. Uh, where you get to play all of the like uh, universal monsters, the vampire, the wolfman, the creature from the black lagoon kind of deal. Uh, we got the uh, we got the um, uh, we got the uh, the pregens the other day, and those are those are a lot of fun. I'm uh, I'm leaning toward the invisible man because who wants to who who doesn't want to run through the streets naked slapping people? Um, and uh, yeah, so that should be a lot of fun. That's going to be uh, noon Eastern on Monday. Uh, and that, like I said, that's going to be one of our first spinoff shows and, uh, we have a lot more in store. So stay tuned. How awesome would it be if Tim Burton made a, like a claymation D and D movie? That would be epic. That'd be very twisted. Very twisted. What? He needs to be panel man tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Just take into a a riverside, make this movie. It's D and D with your puppets. (laughs) Uh, thanks again for coming out guys and we're sci-fi playing old school D&D cheers